2: You are now listening to the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. And welcome back to the Golden Bearcast, where we are going through our packful opponents. Little thirty-minute quick hit podcast, uh, just talking about the opponents who are playing what their fans or their uh you know beat writers are thinking about their team and where it's going to go this year with just a six game schedule and today's episode is all about the Oregon Ducks and of course I have a best friend of mine from the Quack 12 podcast Adam Adam how are you doing this afternoon noon yeah. it is noon it is exactly noon
1: in quarantine times, time doesn't really matter. So, uh, Well, I'm doing great, and I'm so glad to be on the pod. Uh, we were discussing, I forget if I've been on the pod or not before, but we are definitely, I'm glad you changed it from Quack12 opponent to friend, because I would definitely say we're, we're we're frenemies, these pods. We are. We yeah. are. So many Duck fans love the Golden Bears, because there hasn't been too much heat between them the last couple of years yeah. and what you've done to Dub is just beautiful. Like, Oh,
2: those have been some of my favorite games these last couple of seasons. Yes. is what you guys do to Stanford too. It's like, that's, you know, <laughs> we, we, we help each other out. We help each other out a little yeah. bit. So we got the same enemies and I do love Exactly. That. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and you at got least... Musgrave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have <laughs> Wilcox. We have Musgrave. Yeah. We got it. We got a bunch of connections there. Yeah, Between the Oregon Ducks and the Cal Bears. I mean, for me personally, you know, I'm a Chargers fan. Mm-hmm. So, oh. you know, having Justin Herbert as the quarterback, it's like, oh, OK, I, I guess I have to root for him now. <laughs> I yeah.
1: do really have a choice. Um, well, and this is like this is NFL, Justin Herbert. Like he's mm. he's really showing up. He's, he's a making difference. a lot of. Yeah, he's making a lot more Duck fans be like, OK, let's look at this Marcus Arroyo situation again. <laughs> what was going on here?
2: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Marcus was a, I think, I think it was an offense quarter for us back in the early mid two thousands. So, I mean, I think Cal fans definitely have some, I don't think, I think they have some bad memories of his play calling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, we'll get to it. And I think ducks fans are probably a little bit more excited with their, with their new offensive coordinator. So let's get to it. Let's get right to it. Adam, you're replacing your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Does and, but, the amount of talent you guys have brought in over the last however many years, right? I mean, I guess it even starts with Willie Taggart. Like from there building to now, like the amount of talent you guys have brought in is pretty significant. Like is that are you guys replacing do you guys do you think that you're replacing a lot or there is enough talent there to just plug and play?
1: Well, um in a normal season, I'd be like, we're, "We are ready to plug and play. We are good. Like the talent level is higher than it's it's been in many many years. Like even comparing to, to some of our most successful seasons under like Chip Kelly, like the talent level is higher there right now." Um, that being said, with the strange world that we live in right now, there's we are definitely you know the the right spot. Uh, either if someone has to sit out for quarantine reasons or for just natural football injury reasons. We still have some keystones where it's like, you know, like um, nose tackle, like if Jordan Scott were to go, like that would be pretty scary. Same with the center. Actually, that center position I'm uh, I'm a bit afraid of. Uh, we still have We have really promising wide receivers, uh, you know, returning wide receivers, and then, which are most likely going to be our starters, we have quite a few uh, fresh faces for the receivers, but it's still a a roll of the dice to determine, uh, because that has been a a position of weakness for a while. So, I'm not sure if plug-and-play is... uh, It's all up in the air is what it feels like. When we're talking about the quarterback, though... I do think there's a lot of um, well-earned optimism around Tyler Shuck, even though there's not a whole lot of film to watch of him. Not a whole lot of meaningful film anyways. You know, uh, the, the kid's played about like, it looks like five games. He's had like 53 snaps under his belt, three touchdowns. Most of that is in garbage time. He's a redshirt sophomore, just been sitting behind Justin Herbert for a while now. And uh, I mean, I, I I have a hard time wondering, is it the is it the duck Homer in me being like, oh Tyler Shuck's ready, Tyler Shuck. I mean he's definitely QB one <laughs> right now. We know, but is he going to be a good QB one? It, it is still absolutely a coin flip. Um, so I guess the long answer or the short answer will just be, uh, hope so. Hope it's just plug and play. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean you did you did talk about I mean I asked you about the quarterback and you talked about some of the other positions and you talked about center. And I guess the line that's protecting Tyler Shuck for this season is that's a little bit of an unknown too, right? Because you lose Penny Sewell, who is arguably the I mean, he could have won the Heisman if, you know, it wasn't so skewed to yeah. an offensive position. Um and so you you lose him who is probably gonna be a top five pick in the NFL draft, top one if if I I dare say top one if it wasn't Trevor Lawrence available Mm -hmm. in this draft. So if if that's the case, like, are you guys, do you think there's going to be a massive shuffle and just an opening up of, hey, it's a it's a clean slate, especially with the new offensive coordinator. You guys are going to be able to play for playing time or are they going to take the seniority approach and maybe use some of those guys that have more experience? Well, first of all, we're hoping Chargers get a high enough pick that they get a penne stool <laughs> Justin
1: Herbert. sounds
2: pretty good. Huh? It's possible right now. We're one and four or two and four now. I know. Uh, like, uh, like, hopefully
1: you know? Herbert keeps looking amazing, but losing
2: these. Yeah, cl- Yeah. Yep, yeah. I don't know.
1: But anyways um you know there was a moment on the quack 12 podcast we had our friend gaby lucas uh, another friend of me she's a big time uh, a husky fan and she really <laughs> splashed some water on our faces because she goes like why are you all so like set and done ready to say oh this offensive line is is ready to take over it's like you were replacing all five starters there is no world where you just should just be like, oh, it, it's all there. The chemistry is good. Um, so, that being said, the reason why, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, the reason why so many of us are excited is because the five players that are coming in are all all have some experience under the belt, whether it's at the JUCO level, like we're looking at. Like uh, it looks like left guard. T.J. Bass, who is uh, a very promising juco from Butte College, and then looks like right guard Malasala Amave Laulu, who is the uh, number one juco uh, at his position. Um, he will be taking right guard. He's a, he's a redshirt junior. T.J. Bass is a junior. Um, Alex Forsythe, who's definitely been around the program for like quite a while, redshirt junior is was just outside of kind of that, that being a starter. Because, uh, again, last year, the people we're replacing here we're replacing, like, four-year starters. We're replacing an, an Outlander Trophy winner. Uh, there's no replacing Pene Sewell. Like, that is yeah. a downgrade. Um, in his position is Stephen Jones, who did get some playing times. He's played out about four games under his belt, 63 snaps. Um, Stephen Jones is a redshirt sophomore. Uh, we feel pretty comfortable him uh, with him at the left tackle, and then George Moore, who's been around forever, uh, senior, six foot six, three twenty five. He's the right tackle, and when you look at the size of these guys, it may not be an upgrade in skill. Per se- yet we're not quite sure. It may not be. It's definitely not. Uh, it's definitely a downgrade in experience. But the size of these guys are potential starters here. Three twenty five. 325, 305, 320, 340, uh, that combined with Cristobal's expertise in being an offensive line guru, um, us wanting to use the the strength of this offensive line, um, there's definitely a lot of reason to be excited. Where Oregon could definitely slip up is just, I mean they haven't actually played against other defenses and however i'm excited to see i mean how many defensive lines on our schedule in 2020 in the pack 12 are really going to be able to take advantage of that uh lack of chemistry there are some that can maybe cal cal could you know who knows who knows uh, so there's reason to be excited the size um they definitely uh, there's a, a quite a bit of four stars on this offensive line roster here. Uh, But if you hear an Oregon fan being like, oh, there will be, there's no step down. They are ready. It's an improvement. Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure about
2: that. (laughs) I mean, it's, you're, it's sounding, you know, like a lot of PAC 12 schools where this season is kind of like a, a pseudo preseason for 2021. (laughs) Like you're prepping yourself up. You know, with the six game or seven game experience, mm-hmm. to make a to make an even better or bigger jump, you're expecting a bigger jump going into next year than you are going into this year. Am, am I reading what you're saying kind of correctly? Like you're you're more optimistic for 2021 than you are for 2020.
1: Um, well, for many reasons, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I will say, it, it because. Oregon Duck fans are now in like again ridiculous expectation modes. We used to be like that. And then 2016 happened. We had to all reset, you know. <laughs> but um, so I mean, you know, you do still have people calling out like, or Oregon to the playoffs, you know, <laughs> which is kind of nuts because that would assume that we don't get a game canceled, that we don't mm-hmm. lose, that we win every single game. Um and so there are some of those expectations uh which probably isn't helping any any duck fan right now any duck player or anything um but yeah when you look at 2021 i mean there's definitely reason to be very excited so many of our new players will finally have experience obviously this offensive line will all of a sudden be basically a veteran unit a very very big veteran unit um, and Tyler Shuck will have another year under his belt. Uh, we'll have a very, very good recruiting class coming in, currently at number three in the country, uh, which is something I never thought I'd say. And, uh, yeah, so we're also very excited for 2021 uh, when there's less crazy stuff going on. <laughs> Hopefully.
2: Hopefully. Yeah. Trust. When we I'm can go wood. to because the stands. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything that you could possibly think of. <laughs> um, I mean, with that... Um, just to close out the offensive side of the discussion, you guys have a new offensive coordinator in. Um, I mean, judging by that, I mean it's the same case with us, right? We have a new offense coordinator in. We had four spring practices, but we haven't been able to. We haven't been able to go and see practice. At least the beat writers have it, um, over their prep going into this season. So we have no idea what type of offense Bill Musgrave is even going to run at Cal. Like, do you guys have any sense of? Like what type of offense you guys are going to be running with Moorhead like there and, you know, his maybe style of play calling. Is it going to be very similar to his past stops or something drastically different? Like where what have you learned so far?
1: Um, and obviously, you know, we're having kind of the same thing where we get practice reports, but there are less people available to watch these practices. We just had to cancel a couple of practices because of five uh, false positives. Uh, yeah. Which- Thank God they're false. Mm -hmm. Um, But that being said, it still seems like Joe Moorhead's strengths throughout his career has been his adaptability. Um, You know, like Mississippi State, there was a whole lot of reasons why he got fired that didn't have to do with, per se, his ability to build an offense. Um, So what I will say is what it seems to be is a lot of what Joe Moorhead had success with which is using either using the talent that he had to uh, gain that advantage, whether it was like a solid offensive line, which he didn't have a lot of times at Penn State, uh, and, and he would pivot in Penn, Penn State and use his skill players to really make something of it. Uh, a lot of like 11 personnel uh, really playing a lot of that. And it's, it appears this is probably also in part to a shortened practice time that it's not going to be a drastically different offense. I would say than last season, we're still going to see a lot of like pistol. We're still going to see some like offset running backs. Um, but I, it's, it appears to be the same. What all duck fans are really hoping is that there's just going to be a better utilization of the talent and that, Hopefully, we can still, even with a with a less gelled offensive line, using even the, just the size and the skill of those guys to really, uh, I'm guessing, still force a downhill running mentality. <laughs> that's yeah. definitely going to be it. Still going to be a ton of RPOs coming out, and and again, because that's what Tyler Shuck has been practicing for for years now at Oregon. Um, so yeah, I, I, I I'm feeling pretty confident in an upgrade uh, of Moorhead being an upgrade of what we had. And because if, you, if you're looking for uh, the most complaints uh, from Duck fans and we do love to complain. Um, yeah, it, it'll all be from it, it was Marcus Arroyo last year, uh, whether that's fair or not, who knows. Uh, but so I think there's going to be an improvement. There's going to be Uh, us taking advantage of some of these uh, skill advantages that we have. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, hopefully the sophomore Tyler Shuck is is ready to step into that role.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say they, you know, you guys might have the most – it's weird because I feel like we return the most experience, but continuity-wise it might – it kind of looks like Oregon might have the best continuity on the offensive side of the ball – um, going into the season. So it 2020 man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so strange because it's it does feel like the most continuity. Uh and in with the receiver, it looks like we're playing like like we're even remov- uh moving Micah Pittman from slot. It seems like he's gonna be a wideout, which mm-hmm. all of a sudden so we have much like almost like a old school, like older Arizona team, much smaller, faster receivers. And I think for any kind of size, um, I think we're going for tight end. And we are very, very excited. Fingers crossed for Cam McCormick seems to be the full package. It's just the last two seasons he's missed due to an injury in week one. I believe in the first drive and then the season after that uh, preseason injury that took him out the whole season. So between like Spencer Webb, Cam McCormick, uh, our uh, our veteran receivers, which seem to we know what we're getting out of, uh, I'm I'm excited about this offense, despite again replacing all five offensive linemen. I'm hitting that point hard, yeah. yeah. In case yeah. things it's, don't it's, turn sour, <laughs> you
2: know? that's the point of emphasis there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wait is finally over. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid through December 31st well I mean I guess we'll flip on to the other side of the ball which is your defense because I mean this this is a, a defense that's built I think from the front to the back right it's it's f- built like just like your offenses it's built about the guys in the trenches in that front seven um particularly i think even more so because you guys lose javon holland who's who opted out and is not coming back uh for this season you did get some guys back i think uh brady breeze was one of the guys that came back um actually so brady breeze is still out he's still still out but um
1: diamador lenore after, came back. That's right. right. After declaring for the draft, seeing, you know, well, I yeah. believe it was after realizing we were going to play football. he decided. Yeah. To come back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you guys thought you were losing a bunch. You at least got one back in. Um, let's start from the front, like that front seven, um, especially behind, you know, former number one recruit Kevon on like who is monster. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness he's scary uh, he' is, he's legitimately a scary scary player uh, do you how much of a step forward do you expect that unit to take um in terms of their production i mean you guys still despite having you know Kayvon who was a true freshman like opponents you held them to sixteen point five points per game last season that was best that was good for ninth in the entire country um which is outstanding um and then defensively like First downs, um, you only gave up, I think, a total of 19.1 a game, which is, I think that's outstanding. I think that's pretty good too. Yeah, rushing-wise, 3.3 yards a carry. Pass yards is 220 yards a game. Only 1.3 touchdowns per game passing and 0.4 touchdowns per game rushing. Like That's what you guys (sighs) gave up. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah I, i'm part of that as a fan too i, I take credit yeah for that. yeah
1: um yeah uh, the d line is one of the most sure things uh for this oregon duck squad and again like this is why people are one of the reasons why people are crazy about crystal ball is even even under chip kelly line play was not what oregon was known for We were like, wow, look, at it's amazing that they can get so much offense despite this offensive line being, you know, like a lot of three stars, a lot of gems. Um, This is just him completely rebuilding both the D-line and the offensive line to just go out and get premier talent and and really mold it. That being said, uh, one of our stars, the one, the only Jordan Scott, a.k.a. Fat Mac, 311 right now. Weighing in at 311. He's trimmed down. Uh, so he's kind of the keystone of this. He is the nose tackle. Then we have Austin Fowlow, who's a senior. Uh, and then, obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a sophomore, who but who's playing like a senior right now. Um, so that's the D-line. It is mainly, you're mainly going to see, it is a 335, but very regularly you're seeing a, a four-man front because you got the stud position, uh, who is Mace Funa. Um, who had a very good freshman campaign. Uh, I expect him to definitely not regress, so most likely improve, you know, from freshman to sophomore season. Um, Mace Funa plays this stud position, which is like outside linebacker, defensive end combo, um, usually attacking the quarterback, but sometimes, you know, he'll go laterally to stop a run. He can even, like, uh, cover a pass or two. Um, so that is the staple of this D-line. We, we've got, I mean more than serviceable backups. We're excited to see Brandon Dorless, Keon Ware Hudson, uh, Popo Amave is a retro junior. Who's just been, a st- uh, just been a staple for this program. The talent and the experience is in that line. Couldn't be more excited for that. Uh, I, it's going to be tough to run. And then when you look just the back uh, uh, to back up there, looking at the linebackers, You still have that experience. You got Isaac Slade Matotia taking over for the one, the only, Troy Dye, who is finally out of the program onto the NFL. Uh, Amazing dude. Um, Drew Mathis, people are saying, uh, he is a senior. They will be taking over that linebacker position next to him. But obviously, who fans are most excited for are the two five-star freshmen, that is Noah Sewell and justin flow and i think like Kayvon thibodeau um we'll probably see them worked in throughout the season uh maybe sooner than later since it's only you know seven games but uh very excited about that front seven i
2: mean i don't think there's a reason not to be really yeah i mean you saw the i mean we just we talked about the production that they had and it's it's pretty evident that you know since there's a lot of young guys there too, like you're going to expect that growth. Like, I mean, I I hate to keep talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, but like, you, he's a true freshman at, on defensive line, and mm-hmm. he had he had nine sacks and 14 tackles for a loss last year as a freshman <laughs> who didn't who probably if, if I'm if my memory serves me correct, like didn't even start like right away, like he was. He no, was yeah. eased in. he was kind of eased in, and yet he ended up with that stat line, which Exactly. <laughs> you saw him basically uh like early on, you know, they they would
1: pepper him in there, and you would see him he would have the speed um to get a to get to fly basically behind the quarterback. Uh they would still they would still be able to defend him, not quite turning in there. He didn't quite have the strength. And then throughout the season, you saw that line like get You know, straighter and straighter to the point where he was just bull rushing straight to that quarterback, and and I mean, and not only that, but you just got so many amazing plays. Like even against uh, in the Pac twelve championship against Utah, you made that amazing (laughs) amazing block of the punt, and uh, it's it's been really impressive to watch. And I think that's why we're so excited to see these other five stars potentially. I don't know, be something like him. We're even though Oregon's known for you know having this pretty uh amazing recent past, we're still not used to having five stars on the roster, let alone make immediate impacts like that.
2: Yeah, uh, the talent is definitely there. I guess from that, I guess we'll move back to the to the back end to the defensive backs. Um, I mean, of course, Holland was was an outstanding, outstanding DB. Um, who who are you looking at at the roster that you think might replace him? Um, and what what do you think about that DB group in general for this year? Yeah.
1: Um, so I will say uh, another player who has left, and this is a big one. The the reason why we went from like oh this could be the best secondary in the country to uh, this secondary could be the best in the Pac twelve if everything works out well is um, Thomas Thomas Graham Jr who was a starter ever since he was a freshman, uh, was planning on coming back to be a, for his senior season. He has left the program. Yeah, he's going to focus on the NFL. Um, and like we said before, De'Amador Lenore left for the NFL, decided to come back. Um, Javon Holland also left for the NFL. Good for him. Go get your money. Uh, most, it seems basically set in stone at this point. Jamal Hill, the sophomore, measurable is about the same as Javon Holland, actually six foot one, 200 pounds. He was a three star. But um, Cristobal keeps saying that, like, this dude is a gem, like he is going to blow up. He is taking over that spot. uh, And Behind him, it appears maybe Jordan Happel, who just transferred from Boise State, who so obviously he played under Andy Avalos quite a bit. He knows the system really well, and so that that was actually a really good pickup. We're very excited about that. Uh, but Jamal Hill seems to be the man who's going to replace Javon Holland. Brady Breeze no longer in the program. It's Varone McKinley, the redshirt sophomore, uh, who's a veteran player really has gotten a lot of time already. Um, he will replace Brady Bees. It looks like for that kind of field side safety, uh, the boundary safety will be Nick Pickett who had that role last time. The uh, Amador Lenore is of course our cornerback is stepping right back into that position. And then as far as who's going to replace Thomas Graham, Jr. Mikhail Wright was already the third kind of cornerback. And as a freshman, there's already so many people being like, "Oh, that that guy's going to be if if it if you already didn't have these vets locking down basically every snap, um, he would be in a position he would be playing right now." And so we're not too afraid of that. Obviously, our depth at the in the secondary in general has taken a step back, so we may be relying on like uh, freshman Dante Manning, who if you're going to rely on, you know, like take a risk on somebody it's a high-rated guy like that a five-star like Mm -hmm. there's at least that and so it's a group where I'm a little less sure on but still I mean compare it to so many other Oregon teams in the past it's more talented and there's just about as much depth as there's ever been so
2: well I I don't have much to say on that because I think you guys are uh, yeah, you guys will you guys are going to be just fine from a talent <laughs> standpoint. So <laughs> I hope so. I mean if, yeah. from a talent standpoint sure. It's it's like yeah. if something goes wrong, it's not cuz the talent isn't there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um I guess the not the last point, but the uh third group that I guess we should kind of talk about at least a little bit is the kicking, right? Um you guys oh. do have <laughs> Camden Lewis uh <laughs> bless his heart is uh what I looking at stats from last year extra points 57 of 59 field goals 9 of 14 uh the 64% percentage account for 84 points last season so um is Camden Lewis I think I you know if I'm not mistaken is only a sophomore so he'll probably retain his spot do you have any issues with the kicking or punting
1: mm-hmm. well if you remember the Oregon Washington state game, which was just that last second, like really coming down to it, you'll notice, even though I forget exactly where we were, like on the 10 yard line or something like, like right there, you'll notice when they were panning over all the duck fans and they were panning over the players, like there was a sense of like, Oh God, we're about to lose this game. (laughs) We were trailing by one point, I believe something like that. And I mean, even the cameraman seemed to get a sense of like, okay, this is the draw. Like it was a lot more drama than you would expect from that short of a field goal. Uh, Like Thomas Graham Jr. takes uh, takes Camden Lewis and is like praying with him before that kick, (laughs) literally. And that's telling. Um, That being said, hey, uh, maybe he'll get better. He's a sophomore. Uh, He's not the best kicker we've ever had. And... It may cost us a game in the future, but hopefully not in the near future. Uh, that's what I have to bless his heart. What a great guy. Uh, we're also excited because we have our very own Australian punter. Of course mm. we do. Tom Snee. Uh, that's about all I have to say about him. We've got an Australian <laughs> punter.
2: Yeah. So he'll probably be an MVP, you know? Yeah, of course. Team MVP. Everyone yeah. loves an Australian punter.
1: He's gonna make some like, like, like strip tackle and like save a game and run it back or something. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they got super Yeah, Yeah.
2: exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, well, um, that's we basically ran through the entire team. I guess, uh, I guess to end here, um, I wanted to ask you about your season outlook. Uh, What's what's like a realistic um, version of how the season plays out in your mind for the Ducks this year? I think a lot of people and myself included uh, I think the pact of north title I think runs through Oregon mm-hmm. um I don't I I yeah I think it's Oregon's to lose right now so that's that's my opinion on it uh but I wanted your realistic take but also you know we did the D&D stuff for all the listeners <laughs> here who haven't who haven't heard is uh they've been doing a, a DND run of the Pac 12 season. I hopped on and did the Cal episode. Uh, mm-hmm. if you should go listen to it. Super fun. It was really fun uh recording that episode. And he but, beat us. He he beat the ducks <laughs> on an Oregon <laughs> duck
1: podcast. So if you're a Cal fan, that's the you're gonna love it. Trust me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that being said, like give us give us like your realistic projection of how you think the season plays out and also just like your own like fantasy world of how everything <laughs> plays out.
1: Well, I've been living in my own fantasy world in 2020, so this is (laughs) perfect. Um, Okay, so we're looking at it here. It's a short schedule. So for the six games currently on the list here, starting with Stanford, me, I am like down, 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 down on Stanford. I think it is like until Shaw is gone, I think that team is just circling the drain. Quite. This is why we're friends. yeah this is exactly why we're friends (laughs) exactly so cal's beating them everyone's beating them so of course oregon is going to beat them i mean that being said it's like i I don't know how much college football you've been watching so far but like this is the season where it's like sure like stanford could beat oregon week one like who knows it's with all this practice time like that being said they're not going to beat oregon um (laughs) So I think we're beating Stanford. Washington State, I'm I mean, usually I'm much more afraid when the Pirates there, but like come on, like like new coach, new complete philosophy, getting off to a really weird start for Rolovich, too. I just don't see Washington State being ready for Oregon, honestly. I, I don't think they're gonna be able to install anything that'll be able to take advantage of this defense really or have the Talent to stop Oregon from, I don't know, just running up the gut a million times. So I think we're being them. UCLA, man, who would have thought, right? Like, Chip, I remember thinking that was like the best hire ever. I remember being like, holy shit. Like, oh, sorry. (laughs) I don't know if you're like, no, no,
2: we're perfectly fine. Yeah, you're good. Okay, good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I remember, I mean, that's the only way to put it. It's just, I remember being like, oh man, like, like Chip Kelly's not going to come to Oregon. Like he's about to just lap us. He's in LA. Like he doesn't have to recruit. And I mean, he apparently still believes in the philosophy of he doesn't have to recruit. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what he's doing down there. I, I am not feeling very threatened about UCLA right now. Oregon state. I am. I mean, I think that's a, That's a possible loss. Obviously, it would be an upset by Oregon State. Their offense isn't what it was last season, but their defense is a little better. And it's, I mean, it's weird. It's 2020. So we're going to, we're probably going to win that game that was once called the Civil War. But, I mean, that could be a weird one. Uh, Oregon versus Cal and then Washington. Those are the final two ones. Those are clearly our biggest challengers here. I would assume we beat Cal, but so much craziness, <laughs> so much craziness, and then against Washington, that really that really does kind of feel like everything's different there, but Jimmy Lake's been, I mean, I want to say we're gonna beat Washington because I truly, truly hate Washington. So I mean, I think odds are we're going 6 and 0, oh, knock on wood. Odds are we're going 6-0. Who would we face in that Pac-12 championship game? My guess would be USC. It's a lazy guess, but it's either going to be ASU or, or USC. or. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would assume just from what we lo- saw last season, and just because it seems like Oregon's in a decent enough spot, I would assume we win that game. Uh, I... If I'm putting money on it, I'm not going to say Oregon's going to make it to the playoffs just because I can assume that, that they would shoot. There's a better fourth option out there for them or we get a game canceled or we lose a game. Uh, but if we did get into the playoffs, hey, it's going to be so fun to watch us just get blown out by Clemson, like not even close. At least people will forget about that game because Clemson. I mean, anyone, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, they would all absolutely just blow the doors off of us. So I almost hope we go to just a an upper tier bowl game and like, kind of like what we did last season. I mean, Rose Bowl would be off the table if we don't make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, let's just say it was kind of nice last season that we didn't have to go play Clemson. Because, <laughs> man, that, I don't think we would have done better than Oklahoma, that's for sure. Um, so I guess, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but I guess my realistic, non Homer, I'm doing air quotes for the people that can't see this, uh, like prediction would be seven and zero, baby. Yeah. S- send all your hate towards at Quack Twelve <laughs> Podcast, non Oregon fans.
2: I mean, yeah, I I don't think that's unrealistic,
1: right?
2: Uh, I mean, I think I think it's perfectly within within the realm of possibility. Um, yeah
1: and we're not yeah. talking about 12 a uh, 12 game season, you know. And, and like yeah, all the stuff Oregon's dealing with, uh as far as the weird 2020ness, every other team is and a lot of these other teams are not going to be doing better. Like yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. It's also the mayhem of like what happens with out of conference games too. Like we don't we don't have that. And yeah. it's only six games. No, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, let me tell you. Like,
1: I was definitely like, "Oh darn, we don't get to play Ohio State this season."
2: Oh, shut! <laughs> I'm sure we would have taken it to them. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's the same for us, right? We we would have played TCU this year. Oh, Cheese it Bowl two. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, hey, us non-Cal,
1: non-TCU fans are dying for Cheese it Bowl two point oh, man. <laughs> Cal, I want right. to see Cal State take on TCU, you know?
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. That. Oh, yes, the Cal <laughs> State t-shirts. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, um, with that, I think uh, – let me, let me just ask you one last thing to close. I wanted to ask this question to all the people that we were interviewing. What's the one craziest – because it's 2020, right? What's the one craziest thing you think is going to happen in the Pac-12 this year? Mm. Just like just, – just out there. Just like – you know, just
1: out there. See, this, yeah. this is the kind of stuff I like. Um, I will say, putting on my 2020 vision here, I would say Colorado and Oregon State are going to be better than a lot of people think. I'll say that. Okay. And I'll, okay. I mean, if we're going crazy, this is supposed to be crazy because both of those, I think a lot of people are like, uh, yeah, six in the South, six in the North. I'm willing to say, Both those teams are going to be third place in the South, third place in the North. What do you think of that? Wow. What do you think of that? That's a a hot take. And not only that. Yeah, I know. You wanted something spicy.
2: (laughs) I did. I did. And you gave it to me.
1: And not only that, I'm looking Uh right now. I say Stanford has... One win on the season. Ooh. I don't know who it's coming to, but they have one win. Maybe against Washington State.
2: Ooh. Oh, I love it. Right I love it. That was for, it. that
1: was more for you, maybe.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. I would love to see David Shaw in the hot seat. Um Oh he's I
1: think if he wins one game, they're still going to be like he's an outstanding gentleman, and he'll did, take yeah, us where he needs Do they to have go. enough
2: fans to care? Like <laughs> yeah, that's no, the. Okay. Does I, anyone
1: care? I heard that they didn't even announce that the Stanford Stadium wasn't going to allow fans because they're like, well, I mean, no one's going to show up. Yeah, games. what's what's going to happen <laughs> if we?
2: <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly
1: uh that being said with all this shit talking i'm doing we're now definitely going to lose to stanford week one so that's fun
2: well it's a week away we're recording we're recording on thursday one oh my week from god it's a one week, week away.
1: you just it's a week kinda, away
2: paxville football is a week away 9 a.m games are a week away
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah why not I'm I'm now whatever,
2: Larry. It's it's 2020. Do whatever you want, Larry. Do whatever yeah, yeah. you want. Get some eyes. I like that it's not on the Pac-12 network. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's a national national televised every single game, which is easy to watch. But. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending some time with us, Adam. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people listen to the Quack Twelve podcast?
1: They can uh, find me walking around in circles in my living room, 24 hours a day, basically. Uh, On the internet, they can find me at Quack12Podcast on Twitter, obviously. And uh, we got Quack12Podcast.com. We got a Patreon. Uh, We're a very, very, very silly podcast that mainly talks about Oregon Ducks and then just some random stuff. We're currently wrapping up our Duck D series, which you were a wonderful guest on, despite uh, beating the pants off <laughs> of us. I think I think beating us like it was something like twenty-one to zero or something, blanking us even, uh, where we simulate what would have been the twenty twenty season if it would have happened, uh, the full twelve game original schedule by playing an actual roll-in-the-dice D&D game. It's been very fun. However, obviously, we're getting into actual football coverage now, too. So, Yeah, and then uh, also I'm the managing editor of Addicted to Quack in SB Nation, Oregon Ducks community. So, uh, yeah, go over there. It's fun stuff.
2: Yeah, they're great. Um, We call them CGB North. They call us Addicted to Quack South. It's a a fun time. Well, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for your time um i appreciate it as always and uh you're listening to the or you're now pretty much done listening to the golden bear cast where you can find us on twitter you can find us on uh all of your streaming platform devices for podcasts and also on right for com. um we're doing watch alongs on youtube so for all of the cal games and possibly even for some other non cal games so get us on there uh subscribe to us on youtube it's youtube.com backslash right for california we got 100 subscribers yesterday It means we have a custom url nice so that is that is what we aid for so yeah uh subscribe so we'll let you know when we're doing those watch longs and that's it and as always go bears it.